It's time for our weekly crossover. Kevin Ostriker joins us to break down the biggest stories and biggest matchups in Bengals Ravens part one. You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're crossing over with the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens joining Jake Lisko, myself of Locked On Bengals, along with James Rapine of Locked On Bengals. And we're part of, as I mentioned, the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. And it's so much fun, so easy to play, no competing with other players. It's just you against the projections. It's so easy to just pick two to five players and whether they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection to win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can take less than 60 seconds to enter. We love it. We know you will too. And first-time users are going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked on. And guys, let's get into the biggest story of this game. I think we all agree. These are the best two teams in the AFC North. The Pittsburgh Steelers trying to figure things out with a new quarterback going forward. And the Cleveland Browns, I think, a bit of a mess in the Deshaun Watson era or the not yet Deshaun Watson era, I guess. But clearly, I think the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals off to a good start despite some rockiness i guess for the ravens they've shown that they're a good team that can hang with the class of the afc isn't that right kevin yeah oh absolutely it has been a, a situation where if you're sitting at two and two you know that that's fine it's it's okay but the reality is the ravens could be three and one or even four and oh right now with maybe just a couple of things going a different way and i think that's where some of the frustration lies with some people where the ravens had a 21 point lead against the dolphins in week two they blow that they allow tyree kill and jalen waddle to torch them to a throw six touchdowns in that game and then in week four against buffalo they get out to a 20 to three start in the first half but then the armor starts to peel throughout the rest of the game so i think some of the frustrations have been with the finishing aspect of this defense which i think has gotten a little better they have a new defensive coordinator over there and mike mcdonald and they're trying to get everything in place especially with some of the injuries they've had at outside linebackers and cornerback woes a little bit here and there but they are starting to get guys back they're a very talented roster cincinnati has a very talented roster i know last time these two teams matched up ravens are going through some injury stuff the Bengals, the top the top of the AFC North. They won that division last year. I think the Ravens definitely have revenge on their minds because I know a lot of people have that number 525 in their heads from that last game where, you know, Jamar Chase goes for over 200 in the first game. T Higgins goes off in the second game. This is a talented Cincinnati team. And I agree. I think these are the two best teams in the AFC North. I had that is the, is the factor for me before the season. I still have it now. I think these are going to be the two that really go at it for that division crown. And I think, for a Ravens team that went one and five in the division last year, they have to be better there. And I think it starts here on Sunday night. Yeah. Which one of these teams is going to establish itself as that legitimate AFC contender, right? Because both teams had those aspirations coming in the Bengals, obvious reasons, the Ravens uh, injury riddle 2021, but Lamar's back. I, I loved his bet online MVP odds coming into the year, all of those things. And so now you look at it and 
you could say the same thing about the Bengals, Kevin. You could easily see four and zero or three and one, and instead they're two and two, and so they've underachieved at this point. Both teams, where you would expect them to be three and one or four and zero, I think at least those within the building, and so which one has that the first haymaker and can go three and two and and get that that tiebreaker advantage? It's still really early. But, you know, that that matters a ton. And I love the the revenge aspect because, you know, Marcus Peters and he didn't practice Wednesday, but he didn't play in this series last year. So it's going to be interesting how what he adds to it. Obviously, a little flair alongside Marlon Humphrey. But this is a secondary that's got names, right? You got Humphrey, you got Peters, you, you have Marcus Williams versus uh, a Bengals trio that Humphrey called. Uh, you know, the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. And so you better believe John Harbaugh remembers the 525. And uh, Cheeto Awuzie, the Bengals corner, was like, look, they might be out for revenge and, and want it, but we want to win really, really bad too. And so it, it's going to come down to Sunday night, not last year, not last week. So I think that it's uh, it's going to be a fun matchup in the winter. They, uh, I'm not going to say you're in the driver's seat after week five by any stretch, but this is a big game that could come back that we could be talking about the next time these two teams face off is a, a deciding factor in this division. Division matchups matter. Did you know that 20% of Joe Burrow's passing yards in the regular season in 2021 came against the Baltimore Ravens? 941 of his 4,611 regular season passing yards against the Baltimore Ravens. You can see why they would have revenge on the mind. Yeah. It's big for them. And I know that, look, these are two different teams than they were last season. Now, a lot a lot of pieces are turning on both sides, but the Bengals are out there. They made additions to their offensive line. They added also on their defense a little bit throughout the draft with Dax Hill, Cam Taylor, Britt, et cetera. And for the Ravens, you know, they overhauled some of their roster, the defensive line. They go out and they draft Travis Jones. Michael Pierce not going to play in this one. He's done for the season, but they went out there and did that safety-wise. They signed Marcus Williams to a five-year, $70 million deal. You know, when you're talking about that Bengals trail, I know we'll get into this a little bit more in the matchups part of the show, but it's huge to have somebody who can roam around that back half of the field. They really haven't had that since Earl Thomas in 2019. And I know everything that happened off the field with him happened off the field and stuff. But on the field, he was really, really good for them. Quarterbacks would not target Earl Thomas, and that's what they needed in that secondary. They also add Kyle Hamilton. So they're going to be looking to throw down this Bengals offense, and they're going to have to because so far – the defense, I think, going into week four against Buffalo, there were a lot of questions about the finishing ability, the ability to not give up big plays. And they held that offense to 23 points, which I know still resulted in a loss, but it was a lot better than some people anticipated. People are hoping that the Ravens can continue to build on that defensive momentum, at least. And I know the back half of that game, they did blow the 17-point lead against the Bills and Josh Allen and against Joe Burrow. In this high-powered Cincinnati offense, you can barely have any mistakes. They, they will beat you in ways that I think can be very quick. If the Bengals get out to a big lead, that's one aspect I'm looking at because Baltimore's offense is super explosive in his own right. You mentioned Lamar Jackson is in that MVP conversation, but this Bengals offense is one that can go toe-to-toe with this Ravens offense and put up points right alongside it. So I think well, that when it comes down to defenses, it's big. I would hope they can be that, but the Bengals offense hasn't been that. You know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, it's it's been a rocky start the first four games, and they've shown signs of life scoring 54 points in their last two. But can they – if it is a shootout on the road, can they do the things necessary, make the, the necessary blocks and pass protect long enough and do all of the things 
that you need to do beat too high, which has, has kind of plagued them a bit consistently. I, you know, that's a big question mark. And and so I'm looking at this passing game. I, you know, there's been a lot of talk in Cincinnati this week about the running game. This is a passing game week. And, you know, will they be able to, to get the ball to their playmakers like they did last year against the Ravens and get the, the ball uh, downfield or, or make big plays with their legs? You know, the Jamar Chase blunder move on Marlon Humphrey. I, I, don't, I don't know how many of those are going to come at M&T Bank Stadium this week. So they're, they're going to have to uh, generate offense because, and we'll talk about it in the matchups, but you look at this Bengals defense versus the Ravens offense, something's going to give there. And so this might be the first time the Bengals offense has to go out and win a game for this team this season. A lot of really interesting matchups in this game in general. You've started to allude to them, both of you, as you've been talking about some of the biggest stories in this game. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive into some of those big matchups coming up now. But first, a word from the Elias Game Plan app. The Elias Game Plan is a sports app that, well, it's coming from the most trusted name in sports stats. Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of the U.S., Pro Sports Leagues since 1913. And what you're going to get is all of the stats, facts, and team updates, player updates in the palm of your hand. You can take this NFL season to the next level by downloading the Elias Game Plan app today. And you could choose from three different plans when you subscribe weekly, monthly, or annual. And you get up to 25, or you get 25% off your first month when you choose the monthly subscription. All you have to do is Use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL25. Again, it's LOCKEDONNFL25. Find the Elias Game Plan Sports Betting app in the App Store or Play Store today and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL25. Guys, let's talk about the biggest matchups in this game because you could talk about the the secondary wide receivers. These teams going out of each other's way to complement one another. Chidobe Abuzi in the locker room complimenting the weapons of the Ravens, naming Rashad Bateman if he plays as a, a good player. Talked about how much he's getting open even when he's not throwing the ball. Talked about Devin Duvernay, obviously Mark Andrews, not to mention Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow going out of his way to complement the Ravens secondary. Marlon Humphrey, as you mentioned, Kevin, going out of his way to complement uh, the Bengals wide receivers and those weapons to me though. And I, I think there are a lot of really good player matchups in this game that we should talk about. One of the biggest differences for the, the Bengals when they have the ball and the Ravens, when they're on defense in this game is Mike McDonald, no longer the hyper aggressive. And in my opinion, far too stubborn Martindale approach that we saw last year from this Ravens defense asking a lot of its secondary players, even when they were banged up in that second matchup. And we saw how that went. 20% of Joe Burrow's passing yards come against this defense. Last week against the Bills, you see a very different approach from the Ravens, very content to sit back in two high shells, make the, make the Bills run the ball, make the Bills force you to get out of it. And that's why I think people are talking about the running game a little bit in Cincinnati because so far teams have no reason to come out of that two high shell. And the Bengals have had issues against it the last two weeks, as James mentioned, when the, the offense got back on track a little bit in Cincinnati, 54 points, that's against teams that are giving them one-on-one opportunities down the sidelines. So before we get into some of the player matchups, Kevin, I'm hoping you can tell me what you're expecting to see from this Ravens defense in terms of their coverage approach. Are they going to do what the first two teams the Bengals saw this year did and just sit too high the whole game until they're forced out of it? Or do you think it'll be a little more complicated than that? I think generally that could be what we see, but I do think that Mike McDonald will try to flip some things and switch some things up and maybe show some blitz packages here and there. 
Now, I think the the good thing for them to do would be to just sit in that and see what happens because this is a Ravens team that defensively, the stats early on were pretty ugly in terms of just regular things. And I think when looking at the Ravens rush offense last year versus this year, this was a top unit last year in terms of rush defense. But this year they are 23rd in the league right now in terms of yards per attempt given up on the ground. So I think what you do if you're the Ravens, is you you know you have some players you can trust in that secondary. It's not like you have to go and sell out to stop the run and then leave these guys in one-on-one matchups. You can send help over the top. You can do different things. And I think you're going to have to do something like that against these talented Bengals wide receivers. So I think in this game the Ravens will use – what I would think would be a too high approach. And then if the Bengals aren't able to run the football, I think you can kind of stay and be, be okay with staying in that if you're the Ravens. But if there's something that doesn't happen there and the Bengals start to run the ball effectively and the Ravens have to switch some stuff up, I think that's when you might get into trouble. And I think it's going to be key for the Ravens to be able to stop the ground game for Cincinnati, make that offense a bit more one-dimensional. Because if you're able to take away that aspect of things, I think it makes stuff a little easier for what the Ravens want to do on defense. And I know, look, the first game that Joe Burrow played against this Ravens team in his career was probably one of the worst games Joe Burrow had in his career so far. Now, the next two went pretty well for him. They went pretty well in 2021. So obviously, this is a different Joe Burrow than it was his first game. But I think this is a different Ravens defense than we saw last year. So it's those two things kind of coming to a head. And you mentioned the aggressiveness of Don Martindale, where I go back to I said the, the, the opening game last year against the Raiders where that game went to overtime and Don Martindale continued to send blitz after blitz after blitz, even though it wasn't working. And the Ravens lose that game on an all-out blitz where Zay Jones gets behind Marlon Humphrey. So it's those types of things that you don't want to see, especially if it's not working. I think Mike McDonald, the adjustments are going to be huge, but I think if you can stop the run game, that's where I'm looking to be a key point in this matchup for the Ravens and Bengals. Yeah, in the, the run game, for the Bengals has been rough. And so I, to me, I don't even think that, you know, I'd have the expectation of, oh, will they turn it around? Can it be functional to, to keep the Ravens honest? That's where I'm at, where it's like, can you average three, eight a carry? Joe Mixon right now is averaging 2.7 yards a carry and hasn't looked like himself. The offensive line hasn't been great run blocking. Lyle Collins has struggled there some. So it's like, can you just do enough to keep the Ravens honest enough and, and soften that defense up enough so you can get the ball to your weapons. And, you know, if they run that that cover too, and Jamar said it, he's expecting it. I, th- I think they're expecting it. Can the Bengals beat that? Will they be patient? Will they do the right things? And will they be able to run the ball well enough to do that? I mean, that's those are all questions that they, they haven't fully answered or haven't answered at all through four weeks. It's just so hard to be explosive against cover two. Ask the Chiefs, ask the Broncos, ask the Buccaneers, ask all these teams that have these explosive passing offenses. It's it's just hard. And yeah, I mean, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes find a way at times with their rocket arms to fit balls into windows that other other quarterbacks can't. And Joe Burrow learned in week one this year that he's one of those quarterbacks that can't. He, He needs to be smart and not turn the ball over. He's even mentioned the Ravens' success taking the ball away. And I think another factor, just a couple of players I want to shout out on the Ravens, Justin Matabika and obviously Kalias Campbell have both been fantastic in the trenches. And, uh, you know, that aside and, and the running game aside, the, the other, to me, marquee matchup of this game, obviously there's a lot we can talk about with the Ravens offense, but to me, the marquee matchup is the Bengals receivers and the Baltimore secondary because the Baltimore secondary is pretty dang good. 
maybe there's some questions about their about their slot corner. Maybe not. I don't know. Zach Taylor praised his play last week. You tell me, Kevin. But Jamar Chase against Tyler Boyd against Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, and Brandon Stevens. What do you say? Yeah, it's it's going to be a big matchup, and it's where everybody's looking in this game because of what happened last year with the two hundred one by Jamar Chase on Marlon Humphrey, and even you know at the at the Super Bowl media day last year, Humphrey was talking about how he was asked about Jamar Chase twenty five thousand times. And- I, I was so we saw him walk by on Radio Row because we were there, right? And and I heard him talking to somebody like, "Man, people won't stop asking me <laughs> about all that's not all anybody wants to talk." It was very funny. Yeah, so that that's like where people are looking. And I know, look, in in reality, is Marlon Humphrey going to be matched up with Jamar Chase 100% of the time? You know, per, maybe not. But I still think you have a Marcus Peters this year. And you mentioned kind of the Ravens getting him back with Williams, with Kyle Hamilton, with Chuck Clark. And Brandon Stevens has been very serviceable this year. He's somebody who I think does a lot of different things. And there's so much about this Ravens secondary that, you, you have to like the fact that they can do so many great looks and they have a bunch of different things that they could do there against the Bengals team that has so many explosive weapons in, in that trio of Chase Higgins and Boyd. They're going to have to slow that down. I mean, they can't have another performance like last year where Burrow throws for 525 or Chase goes for for 201. That, that cannot happen. So I think that's where if you can stop the run game and you're able to kind of devote more resources to your secondary, drop more guys back, figure out things there and keep everything in front of you. They could supposed to blaze against the Dolphins in week two. That's that's what I'm talking about, where you know Tyreek Hill can beat you deep. You know Jalen Waddle can beat you deep. And the Ravens, it wasn't like the Dolphins were putting together these 10-minute drives. It was four plays, 60-yard touchdown. It was three plays, 40-yard touch. So it's it's these things that I think it can really help the Ravens against the Bengals, where they have to be able to keep everything in front. And if you can give up some short stuff and then make the Bengals either punt or kick a field goal in every possession, you know, obviously that's a very tough task to ask against that Bengals offense. But if you can force them to a kick every possession with how explosive the Ravens offense can be, I mean, I think that's an automatic win. So while it maybe not, won't happen that way, if you can get Evan McPherson on the field instead of putting the ball in the end zone if you're Cincinnati, I think that's a way for the Ravens to win this game. Yeah, let's flip it and talk a little bit about Lamar and this Ravens offense against Lou Anarumo and the Bengals defense. Because going into last year, it was, man, Lou Anarumo's defense has not been able to slow down Lamar Jackson. And then they found a way, and it wasn't perfect by any stretch in that first game, but they they were able to uh, to do that. And Lamar wasn't wearing the sunglasses on the sidelines and stuff, like that famous picture from a few years ago. Is there any difference, Kevin, in Lamar this year? You, you know, I, is he just the same old Lamar? Because whether it was Joe Burrow, Cheeto, Zach Taylor, Lou Anarumo, everybody this week has praised how explosive he is, but also the arm angles, the off-platform stuff, his arm strength. Like the, the Bengals clearly respect him as a quarterback and as a passer, and you know they're they're not uh, sleeping on that. But by any stretch, even though if, if Rashad Bateman is out, there could be, uh, you know, a question about his weapons. So, so is there any difference in Lamar this year versus the other uh, past years? Yeah, I think he, he looks more confident this year. And I think part of it has to do with his offensive line. But we saw the transformation this offseason, and he worked on so much stuff. But there, there's more zip on his balls this year. The Ravens are pushing the ball down the field, too. They want to get these big plays. Rashad Bateman coming into week four against Buffalo only had eight catches, but was leading the league in yards per catch with 28.3. So that's been something Lamar has been working on, getting a connection deep with these guys 
guys, Devin Duvernay, someone also who he's established this rapport with, which has been really great. And obviously Mark Andrews too. So there were questions about how Lamar would respond to not having Marquise Brown there. How would the Ravens replace that speed? And I think they're doing it, but I mean, Lamar is so, so dynamic and the fact that he is both their passing offense and their rushing offense this year, he's accounted for going into week four, at least it was 86% of their offense. He is somebody who has had to once again, shoulder the load for this Ravens team because they're running backs, you know, they're, they're working back in JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards returned to practice on Wednesday, but it's been disappointing performances by Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis. So they have been relying on Lamar Jackson for everything for a team that's been so dominant rushing the ball. You know, you go back to 2019, the back half of 2020, et cetera. It, it's, it's been Lamar this year. It's, it's Lamar, 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 if you're the Ravens. And I think passing the football, I've been so impressed with him. I think the decision-making, I know last year he was under duress a lot. The offensive line was not great. Alejandro Villanueva at left tackle did not work. And he was all over the place, I think, in some instances because that clock was sped up. He was trying to take something that maybe wasn't there because he was rushed out of the pocket every play. But this year, that offensive line, I think, is the key there. They add Tyler Linderbaum. Morgan Moses is in there at right tackle. You have Kevin Zeitler, who's as steady as ever there at right guard. And Ben Powers has been, I think, a pleasant surprise this year. The only rotating door has been the left tackle position where it seems no, no confirmation, but it seems like Ronnie Stanley is going to be someone who returns to action on Sunday against Cincinnati. So if that does happen, or is he going to be out there? Some questions, but I think Lamar's looked so good this year. He's looked more confident and, and more poised in the pocket as well. Not, not that he didn't before, but I think we're seeing that the weight that he added, the transformation muscle that he put on is helping him both in the past and in the run game particularly, but I, I have the same question about Joe Burrow. I mean, what, what have you guys seen from him this year in terms of where you're looking for improvements based off what he's done so far? What has he done? Well, what have you noticed from Joe Burrow this year? We'll answer that question coming up next, but first a word from LinkedIn jobs, because you might want to find the next Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow of your industry. And you know how you can do that with LinkedIn jobs. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates and at LinkedIn Jobs, you can do just that. They have simple tools from screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills, experience, so you don't have to waste your time. You can find and prioritize what you're looking for in the right hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You want to finish the year strong? You can with LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply yeah joe burrow what, what we need to see from him was the question that we need to get to before we get to our predictions really quickly i wanted to point out one other big difference with lamar you talked about his poise in the pocket he's entirely flipped the script on the narrative on blitz lamar he doesn't know what to do he's going to melt down he doesn't know where to go with the ball this year much more productive, much better about protecting the ball when he has been. Blitz has entirely flipped that on its head. It'll be very interesting to see what Lou Anarimo does in that regard. But as far as Joe Burrow, we've seen him start to get more comfortable in the last two weeks. I think that's the biggest difference. His first two weeks of the season looked a lot like his start to the season last year. He had the appendectomy that really set him back in training camp, lost a lot of reps there last two weeks by comparison and some of this could be the kind of defenses they're seeing he's looked a lot more decisive a lot more of that rapid processing that we've gotten used to with joe burrow a lot more good decision making from joe burrow and so 
I, I think that we just need to see that continue and continue to see him find answers when he does get those two high shells because even in the occasions in the last two weeks where there have been more opportunities for this offense to get things going against defenses that don't like to play cover two, when they have gone to it, it's been effective at making the passing offense less efficient. And so that is the next step for Joe Burrow is finding more consistent answers in that regard. And this could be a big week for it. And with that being said, and the stage being set here, we're, we're expecting a, a cover two, cover four, cover six heavy game from the Ravens. And on the other hand, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, certainly a handful for a defense missing DJ reader. Let's get to predictions guys. The Ravens favored in this one by roughly home field advantage. Kevin, how do you think this game goes? Yeah, I, I think that for the Ravens, we talked about the revenge factor for them. And after what happened last year, I think that Baltimore is going to wake up for this game. And I, I think they win it personally. This is going to be tough, though. There are a couple factors to keep in mind. Rashad Bateman, whether he plays or doesn't play, is going to be a big one because he was seen leaving the stadium in a walking boot after the Buffalo game in week four. If he is not able to go in this game, it will be everybody moves up or rung on the ladder. So Devin Duvernay moves to wide receiver one. You probably have like the Marcus Robinson as your wide receiver two. Obviously, the top pass catcher is Mark Andrews, but I think that would be a big loss for Baltimore. But I think for the Ravens, their defense has started to show some signs of life. The secondary looks great this year. Now the Bengals trio, they've looked pretty good in their own right. But I do think that for the Ravens, they they know that they cannot have a repeat of last year where they lose these divisional games. They've already lost two very big conference games in Miami and Buffalo. Where You're not going to get eliminated from the playoffs if you lose in week five. But it could really have an impact down the line if the Ravens and Bengals, who I know we all agree are going to be fighting for this division crown, tiebreakers are big when it comes to stuff like that so I think Lamar Jackson will be able to do some good things against this Bengals secondary I, I hope the run game will be able to to really I think take off it's been a struggle again outside of Lamar Jackson for those running backs to get anything going J.K. Dobbins will continue to be worked in here but I think it will come down to something we did talk about which is the Bengals receivers versus the Ravens secondary and how those two match up because if the Ravens aren't able to keep the Bengals receivers in front of them if there are those big plays it could be difficult for the Ravens to do that but I also think the, the finishing is a big part of it so any lead for the Ravens right now is probably not safe and I think for what you have, you have the 21-point blown lead against Miami, the 17-point blown lead against Buffalo. Cincinnati can make a comeback in this one, but I'm going to say the Ravens, if I had to give a score, I'll say 28-24 Ravens for me. I think it'll be a close game. It will definitely be competitive, but I have the Ravens coming out on top in this one. Yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Look, if it comes down to the secondary versus the wide receivers, then the Bengals will take that all day, and and that's – that, that's assuming, right, that, that what? What do they do? They contain Lamar, that they can keep Joe Burrow upright. Uh, maybe they they do enough to keep the Baltimore defense honest to where it's secondary versus receiver. So I'll take the Bengals against anyone if it comes down to that. I, I don't think it's that simple. I think Lamar looks as tough as I've seen. If, if Rashad Bateman is not out there, though, in the year 2022 – if you're trotting out, and I love Devin Duvernay, uh, you know, even pre-draft, I was like, oh man, coming out of Texas, I was like, that, this dude can play. He can't be your wide receiver one. And I know Mark Andrews is that, and they're going to try to run the ball. But you, you want to talk about making a team one-dimensional-ish? 
this Bengals defense, all the same faces are back for, from last season, essentially outside of Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, I know readers on injured reserve, but they're going to be familiar with how they contain Lamar. And I don't even know if they actually contain Lamar. You know, I, I think Lamar is going to put up multiple touchdowns. The Bengals have only given up two touchdowns or four touchdowns this year. They'll probably, uh, you know, multiply that by, or, you know, times 0.5, right? They'll add two to that at least. But I think the Bengals get it done because we haven't seen the best of Joe Burrow yet. And at some point we're going to, and maybe it's this week, you know, maybe he'll wear a sunflower suit this week instead of a rose suit. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to wear to the game. I just, I think he's going to get up for this game. I think Chase makes a couple big plays. They're not going to just single up Higgins like the Dolphins did last week. And so I think that the Bengals offense gets going. They finally get past the 30-point mark uh, for the first time this season, and they take down the Ravens for a third straight time, which is really, really hard to do. Uh, But they do it in prime time, 31-27. I'm going to alienate all of our listeners right now, James, when I say that I don't have that level of confidence in the offense against the defense that I expect to sit in two high shells for most of the game and make the Bengals prove they can beat it. And I'm not convinced that they can beat it consistently yet. I I do think that it's going to be a close game. I do think these teams are evenly matched. I don't have this one, unlike the previous few weeks, I don't have strong feelings either way here, but I I am not feeling that level of 30-point confidence in the Bengals offense against what I'm expecting the Ravens to do schematically. But if it does happen, then that would give me a a lot of confidence in this offense going forward, because that means to me, they've solved a puzzle for them that has been slowing them down for over a calendar year. And that should be the bar, right? Like how many times have you seen it now? Okay, well, now we talked about it at the top. What's on the line? How it could have future uh, repercussions in the division, in the mm-hmm. conference, all of those things. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll go out in prime time and show that you can beat it and be patient and protect and do all of those things. So it is a high bar. I think some under-the-radar matchups that could be keys to this game that we haven't really talked about. We talked about the transformation of that Ravens defense schematically. A lot more diversity, I think, back there in terms of what Mike McDonald's willing to do. But Jason Pierre-Paul and Jason Owa, will they be able to get pressure in this game off the tackles? That's been the biggest problem for the Bengals this year in protection, although I know Kalias Campbell does present problems on the interior. And on the other side, do the Bengals have a good plan for dealing with Mark Andrews? They had a pretty solid year against Andrews last year in terms of what Lou Anarumo brought to the table there. But the other thing that we haven't talked about at all is I guess you mentioned this, James is do the Bengals do any sort of job of containing Lamar Jackson in this game? Because like I mentioned in, in one of our shows on lockdown Bengals, the defensive line at times lost contain on Teddy Bridgewater. It's a lot easier to keep Teddy Bridgewater in contain than it is to keep Lamar Jackson in contain. The, the rush and retrace kind of stuff from the defensive line and, and just the general discipline of that unit, it, it's going to be a challenge. And, you know, the one thing that could be in their favor, especially if Bateman is out, is it gives them the opportunity to play a lot of zone themselves on defense to keep their eyes in the backfield. And that is a benefit compared to playing man against Lamar, which is just asking for a 30-yard run from the quarterback. Any closing thoughts, Kevin? 
Yeah, I mean, that, it's a good point because while this has been a passing offense for the Ravens this year, 100%, Lamar will still take those things. And the Ravens still, they, they use their pre-stat motions to move the defense around a little bit, see what's going on. And we've seen a bunch where there'll be fakes to Devin Duvernay or J.K. Dobbins or et cetera. And Lamar will just take the ball right up the middle. And then the Ravens will use that later in the game to do something different because the Bengals have seen that look or whoever has seen that look. And so they, the Ravens, they like the the deception aspect of, of the motion, and they use Patrick Ricard in that role a ton. You know, they'll go 22 personnel, and they'll put Isaiah Likely out there, and they'll put Mark Andrews out there with Ricard, and they'll go big. And then they could use play action. They could not. But I do think that it's going to be important. Another player who I think is going to be key for Baltimore's defense to key in on is an old friend, Hayden Hurst, over there in Cincinnati, who I think the Ravens over the past couple of seasons have struggled to defend these tight ends, you know, whether you're putting a safety on them or a linebacker on them. So maybe a matchup would be if, if Queen is on them, Patrick Queen versus Hayden Hurst, if that's where you want to go with that. But I think that for the Ravens defense, it's going to come down to stopping the Cincinnati pass offense for the Ravens offense. It's going to be the ability to be multidimensional, get the run game going against this Bengals defense. You make a really good point there in that if the Ravens do go heavy and play in 12 or even 22 personnel with Patrick Ricard and a couple tight ends for this entire game, how do the Bengals answer? This is a defense that is, I mean, they'll put five defensive linemen out there and a couple linebackers for sure, but this is a defense that likes to get Mike Hilton onto the field. And they've matched 12 personnel with nickel a number of times this year. And they might do that with Mark Andrews. If it's, if it is 11 person, well, if it is 12 personnel, they might treat Mark Andrews, I guess, as, as a, as a receiver, but he can block and the Ravens will run the ball, obviously out of, out of 12 personnel at times. So uh, Mark Andrews and, and Trey Flowers, that, that's a specialty role for the Bengals, a corner that they've used to, to defend specifically tight ends. That'll be an interesting matchup to see if we see that play out a couple times this weekend as well. Tons that we'll see that we've talked about probably will be some surprises as well. And, well, we have you covered here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Kevin Ostriker from Lockdown Ravens will have your coverage after the game, as will we, Jake Lisko of Lockdown Bengals, along with James Rapine. We'll have your post-game shows coming up on Sunday, plus one more episode before that as we get into some game previews on our respective shows, and that'll be coming your way the rest of the week. We appreciate everybody listening to the Locked On Podcast crossover Thursday, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Week 5 action coming up.